Take it with the programming. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. And along with me is Bill Grundler. Wolverine. I don't have a soundbite for you yet, helping, but uh, what's uh, up, man? What does that make me? <laughs> it should be like computer it's sounds. A, uh, a nerdy scientist. That, what's, uh, what's the uh, like the intro song to the movie Nerds? Wouldn't that be a Devo? I think probably made up that one, didn't that, it? <laughs> or like uh, like an R two D two noise? That's what it should be. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, it's settled. It's talking. done. Yeah. But I like how we're just like stereotyping the shit out of you and you did all the legwork and oh. you're a special guest on the show. Yeah. Welcome to the show, nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only going to double down once the spreadsheet gets open. So, yeah. Oh, oh well, uh, hey, back to back episodes. Yesterday, Bill and I did our games movement event prediction show. If you guys didn't watch that, go back and listen to it. It's either on YouTube or you can look at any of our podcast channels there. We're going to sit down with Mr. Mike Halpin of the known and noble, or I say known underscore noble is the uh, instagram handle that you have for uh, all your amazing stats throughout the season and uh, we're going to talk some shop because the big topic coming out well one of the many big topics coming out recently is the cuts everybody's talking about the cuts that are going to be at the cross at games and the schedule is going to be after friday which is two days of competition because the individuals are starting on thursday after friday they're cutting the field to 30 and then after saturday a full day of competition they'll cut to 20 for the last Day. And the question I pose to Mike, like a lot of people have been asking, is I wonder what the games would have looked like last year if the same cut system were applied like it was this year. And, you know, before we get into that fun stuff, is, you know, first off the bat, obviously cuts have been a long standing part of the CrossFit games since 2007. It hasn't happened every single year since 2007. I believe seven, eight were no cuts. And then 9, 10, basically 9 through 14, there were cuts. 15, 16, 17, 18, no cuts. And then we went back to cuts, and we went to extreme cuts in 2019 right. and on. Last year, probably being the fewest cuts we've had since 2018, which was just a cut to 30 after, what was it, a day or two of competition, and then they they ran out the rest of the uh, the weekend, but um, you know, I'll start with you guys, Mike. I'll start with you since you're on the show, sure. uh, uh, guest for the show. Is you know, as you know, you have a different perspective and you look through a different lens than maybe most people do when it comes to being a fan or an analyst of the CrossFit Games, uh, it, and you have a, a unique perspective. Is what is your view on cuts as it pertains to maybe the overall competition itself? Yeah, and I'm fairly newer to all of this. Like, I only got into CrossFit in like 2019, as far as watching it, and then 2020 really doing it, uh, and then sort of took off from there. So I had a lot of homework to do, and and Brian and I have a lot of good conversations. I pick his brain all the time. So cuts to me, as you said, 2018 was the last time that happened. Or well, yeah, 2018 was the last time there was no cuts. So they're fairly normal to me, but they've been obviously of a variety of different versions. So I don't really have that comparison beyond seeing the documentaries or going back and watching uh, some of the events to say like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This would have been totally different if there was 40 uh, athletes here or um, if there was a hundred and whatever athletes, 2019, it wouldn't have worked. But, um, <laughs> but, but in doing a lot of that homework, I, I even was going back and watching one of the documentaries today, the 2021 documentary, there is a scene where Dave lays out when what the cuts are going to be, and they aren't what was in 2021. Oh, um, interesting. So he actually had it where on Sunday, the cuts would have gone to 10 
and 10 for the last two tests or events or whatever mm. we're calling these days. Um, versus what, tests here. Sorry. Yeah, you can I say, yeah, this is safe. This uh, is a safe <laughs> event space. You get tests, I mean, Chase was there. Yeah. You get tests that drilled in your, in your head really for loudly. three straight weeks. It just, oh man. Um, so I found that interesting is that, that um, I don't mind them, but it, they do need to, and I know, uh, a lot of our side conversations are going to go here, so I won't. I won't steal the show. They need to be done the right ways. They need to be done in the right orders and done at the right times. But if it's it's done for the reasons that you that Dave uh, Dave mentioned the other day, sure, I get I get some of those. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot more that that any athlete saying is like, no, put me on the field, let me do all the all of the events, and uh, let me show out. In and especially if there's going to be events where they would have done better if they were there versus not. Bill, when you know, Mike was saying like, there's other factors that go into basically how we perceive or judge the cuts. One of those huge things is the programming leading up to a cut. And what yeah. is it about the programming that is so basically vital to prove that this was a indeed a good no a, a good time good to time come. yeah right um, we have to remember what we're trying to accomplish with the CrossFit Games with CrossFit it's finding the fittest under our moniker of what fitness is our definition of what fitness is we can't just say because someone is fast and strong they have to have all the elements I mean to, to be the champ to be the fittest you have to have all the elements you have to be the best at all of the things. If you do, if you run a series of events and certain things haven't been tested and then you cut the field, well, now what you're doing is you're cut, you're essentially cutting people that may be able to showcase that that could disrupt or even actually get themselves to the upper part of the leaderboard based on what's been shown. So if all of you doing, if all you do is have endurance events up into a cut and now you miss the strength, you miss any gymnastic, you miss, you miss some high intensity elements, then all of a sudden you you're leveling the field with the wrong level of people. Um, And I think that that's wrong to do. Mm -hmm. So if cuts are going to happen, there is a, a, they can be done appropriately. I I personally, I'm not a fan. Me, I'm not a fan of the cuts. I I don't, I don't like them. Um, We've already, can I give my opinion? Yeah. Do we have time for that? Um, what I see as can as you we get do, you're really asking me if you can yeah, give your you own know, opinion well, I, I on your own really want to show. Gonna say now. I didn't want to <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to circumvent some of the other things we we're going to be talking about. But um, I feel that we've already had all of these qualification steps to get our group to the floor. Now we have our 40 people and I'm, I'm not talking the teams necessarily and all that. I'm, I'm talking the individuals. We have all 40 there. So you should let them play in all of the events to get the true standard of all of the athletes in this particular event. Mm-hmm. I mean, now we used, in the old days, we used to call the entire CrossFit games was the test. Mm-hmm. You know, there were all of these events right. in between there, but the whole thing was the test. So if we're talking the totality of the test, everyone should be involved and everyone should be on the line to do that. I think if you, if you, if you shorten it up, if you cut people out, um, I think it does a disservice to the overall test and to all the athletes that are there. One, however, I do see the cut as a tool to where you now can do different things logistically that you can't do with forty people. You know, where there how many how many heats you have to do and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I I understand it, but I'm not a fan of it. I think that's a a more common feeling for a lot of fans. 
Yeah, and, totally. or, or anyone, like anyone across the board. I, I don't want to discredit like an, an analyst or a broadcaster or a podcaster or, or anyone. Like, if you're not a fan, then you can't have a genuine opinion on how you personally feel. Personally, I love seeing an entire field take the, the totality of the test. Yeah. Right, from start to finish, all events across all days. I enjoy that as a fan. That's my personal opinion. When I see cuts at the same time, I'm a lot like you guys, where it's like, listen, as long as these things lined up before this cut and these things line up for this cut and we cut at the right time, it was an appropriate tested field to say, you are no longer going to be a part of this com- uh, competition moving forward. All right, fine. Right. Would I like to see all 40 like we saw 15 through 18? Yes. Oddly enough, those were some of the most popular years of the of the sport when we had entire fields of competition. But at the end of the day, it's the fittest on earth. It's the fittest man, woman, and team. We've said this before. That's their goal. Not necessarily the fittest field. Though I like, from a personal perspective, knowing who was ranked 1 to 40 at the CrossFit Games. That took the whole test all weekend long. I think it's a yeah. cool thing to see on a personal level. I, I do like that. At the same time, whatever reasons you have for the cuts and whether it's like you said, Bill, it's to um, spice up the programming later on that may take too much time, effort, money, and equipment to run through a field of 40 like you do with 20. Okay, if that's your reason, fine. If you want to allude to other sports, I think CrossFit is still so different. It, you can't do an apples-to-apples comparison, but you can draw comparisons to things like that. I get it. But you know, at the end of the day, the big question I always have, and this is why I reached out to Mike, is, is it going to affect who wins the CrossFit Games? Is it going to affect who makes the podium? Is it going to affect the top 10 and now top 20 that we would end up over the course of the weekend? Those are the big questions and concerns I have when it comes to cuts circling around. Did the programming work? Did we cut at the right time? Did we find the right people that at the end of the day were the fittest on earth? Yes. All right, right, show's over. Thanks for coming, guys. It's been a great show. (laughs) Yeah, and and I think part of this is you can have an emotional opinion about certain things, but you can also have an objective opinion on how things shake out, right? And another reason why we we talked to Mike and look, the legwork that Mike put these uh, tables together, which I'll show you guys here in a second, is the concerns are, are these cuts going to have a dramatic effect on how the competition unfolds or just a dramatic effect on your feelings of watching the competition. And I think those yeah. can be two different things. I, I agree yeah. with that. And I don't have the numbers that Mike has. Um, I know as an athlete, it's like I already made it through the open, the quarters, the semis. I should be able to to run all the stuff here because it might come up that one of the events I'm going to be able to, I'll be the best in the world at it. And so let me knock Justin down a little bit or whatever. I mean, that's, that's, that's the discussion of that. However, you know, there have been other types of cuts that have been in the games as well. Like if you have a, um, a minimum work requirement, if you don't finish that, then all of a sudden you're out of the games. If you did, like we had one time with the swim, if you didn't make the swim a certain distance, okay, well, you're done. You're out of the games. Not that you didn't finish in that event. You're out no matter what was coming up next. And so we've seen some, some drastic, cuts we've seen cuts where you know you touch a line and we're losing big names out of the crossfit games and that changes the landscape i think drastically yes um you know uh, and again even in, in that, in that year like right, that year specifically it was you know we talked a lot about when it was 
but I, you know, I, I think one of the things also in that one was, was the, was the standard of the cut appropriate. It wasn't that people were not doing certain work, but it was like foot on the line type of thing Mm -hmm. where people were getting cut and that, there were a lot. There was a lot of dramatics that went into that particular cut, which allowed us allowed us to really kind of, I mean, pick apart the onion and look about. Okay, not only did all of these things happen, not only did that one particular cut, cut change the complete landscape of the games that year, um, you know, but but again, what is the purpose of it? And I think that just as when you're programming anything, any any implement, any rep scheme, any. Uh, particular weights, you know, so you're looking for a certain amount of intensity or whatever. What is the reason for that? What's the why for that cut? Like, it can't just be, well, because these other people aren't good enough yet. Or we're trying to find the fittest. Yeah, we already know those things. What's the reason? Like, there's mm-hmm. got to be more of a reason than we just need a smaller field. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't personally believe that that's an appropriate answer unless it's like, okay, you're trying to do some large equipment logistic type things unless that's the deal which i get if that's mm-hmm. the case i understand but at least say it if that's if that's gonna be the case fair yeah and if it's if you want to do two heats versus four or if you want to do like we're going to take all the athletes to this place and it's only going to be able to fit 10 lanes for something and we or we're, we want to do 20 lanes of chaos or something like that mm-hmm. like that sort of works where you can say and it, and maybe today versus the days of the games like they don't want to like play all their cards yet and say like okay well we were expecting to do a 20 uh 20 lane field to do something and if we told any of the athletes beforehand it would have just the cats out of the bag so we we want to just have them all do it at once dave started to go into some of those it was like interesting like especially since he's now ahead of the all of the sport versus just well, just the programming. I don't want to insult Dave, but um, versus what he was previously doing now ahead of all the sport is some of his language started to go to these other places where it was like, well, it's actually better for the vendor village if there's less heats and there's more time to spend in there for both the fans and the athletes. Or it's like better for the judges to get more time off and focus and then be able to use certain judges for certain times or something like that. Or at least that's where, where I sort of heard him going. Like those are good reasons, but those are reasons that it's sort of like, okay, but just have more time in between or just have more judges or, I mean, obviously we can't just create something out of nothing. So they have to do what they have to do, but discounting athletes competing is a tough sale for the whole thing. If it's, if it's really yeah. that, if it's saying like, just take the athletes off the field and we have less athletes on the field, then, then that solves it. Like, no, don't necessarily do that. Like fit some time in somewhere to do, to do the, the events the way you want to do them with the full field mm-hmm. or create those events towards the full field. Or the other thing is don't put a cut in the games, make it at the semis. Don't bring as many yeah, people from the semis. Yeah. Like why, mm. why would we cut the field once we've gotten everybody there to do these things? And then it's like, okay, if you only want 20 people, okay, then you know, figure out the best way to get the right 20 people there. Cause then it's going to be important through the semis to make sure that, everyone's flip floppy sled isn't sliding on a carpeted side and an uncarpeted side. And everyone's got all the right <laughs> stuff that way. Um, everybody did one perfect line. Right. <laughs> yeah. 20 heats of one perfect line. But, yeah. you know, but at least, you know, make sure that all your runners are all calibrated correctly and et cetera, et cetera. But like, if you're going to do that, then you have everybody on the floor competing. Um, I, I, I agree. I, I don't, one of the fun things about programming is you get to design 
the right test for your field. And if the test is always supposed to be, or the, the competition is supposed to be about the athletes, the athletes are what make the event great, not what the event is. So I would hate to think that we're cutting athletes out so that we can have a spectacle of things. Like they're going to do my giant killer cage thing and they can only have mm. 20 people. So they need to cut half the field to do that. Um, I, I would be bummed. I would be bummed as a fan, as a coach, as an athlete, if that was the case. I think there, it, there needs to be a more appropriate reason other than I need more space, I think. Mm. Make the cuts earlier, if that's the case. Yeah, and then, I mean, we talk programming cuts and things, but the other big thing is scoring. Right. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny is that <laughs> you know, we, we have basically, we have, not basically, we have analyzed the programming of every single CrossFit Games dating back to 2007. That was basically the, the baseline Start foundation of this show. Of this show. <laughs> and we went seven all the way through 22. We've analyzed every single one through every single event all the way through. But at the same time, we also at the end of the, the, the analysis is we brought in the scoring table used that year. And over the past couple, I mean, 16 years, I'm not sure if we've had the same scoring table year in and year out. No, I don't and Not even no. when we kept like the same athletes, maybe we did then, but is that you know, we had points per place scoring for several years of the CrossFit games. I want to say seven through 10. That was the way we scored the CrossFit games. And then 11, we may have brought in this points per place system. And then the system changed depending on the number of athletes that we had. But then we started having cuts and this system didn't change. And then we had cuts and the system did change and scoring has and we've seen and we've we've shown this a massive impact on who stands on the podium at the end of the weekend. I mean, how many times, Bill, did we look at say 2007 through 2010 is like here's the podium, it was points per place. But you know, Chad Schroeder did all this information for us uh, at the time. Was right. here's the podium if we'd use traditional scoring, right? And it changed. Yeah. Here's the podium if we did average finish place. And it would change. And that's when you start to get a little worried that the cuts combined with multiple scoring systems throughout the weekend actually dictates who wins the competition, not the fittest person's performance. Well, and you see the change, you know, from having 40 people on the field to, to 30 to 20 to 10, whatever. And I think the intent is, you know, to make the points equal from when you have a larger field to a smaller field. Um, but you're right. It does, it does change it. We've seen it affect it. I mean, it's funny. I mean, we, and I know that we haven't done it at the, with the CrossFit games, but we, you know, in, especially in our thread group in our text group, we have the Z score champion, you know, who's constantly <laughs> looking. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what event we're talking about. It could be Dubai. It could be Wadapalooza. His numbers are always, you know, Tyler's numbers are always going up. And, uh, even that would change it, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, does I, it would be interesting to see is like, okay, if you use a Z score that way, what if you do the Z score as you make your cuts instead of change, instead of making an entirely different scoring table for every single number of, well, you know, the okay. field that you have. And this goes to the, the comment is that it says change the scoring every time you cut. And it's like, that sounds like a good idea, but Mike, what are the, what problems does a changing scoring system with a changing field bring to the table? Uh, 
you're good. You're going to have athletes that, that are just always going to be in the teens. They're always going to finish behind 10 or 11 people. And then you're drastically changing what score they get for that. Like I'd, I'd rather keep it like 40, 30, 20 is what they're going to use this year. They've already released. Mm -hmm. It's, it's funny what CrossFit puts articles out about. They won't like release like certain things, but all of a sudden we get an article about the scoring table. So nerd (laughs) stuff is, is great for me, but, um, so they are going to use a 40, 30, 20. Like if they were just like, well, the score is 40. And if there's 36 athletes, which that's another piece of this is like a lot of this is built on all 40 athletes competing Mm -hmm. until they're cut. Um, then we're just going to keep giving the same scoring until, until we then do the cut. Like with those cases, you're going to see, you're going to see pieces where like an athlete is just going to average out as like 15th and they're just going to get different scoring each time they get 15th. Right. Like that 15th place finish isn't the same point system as you change the scoring table and you make cuts versus never changing the scoring table. But at the same time is that your 15th place finish when there's a field of 40 is different than your 15 place finish in a field of 20. Right. Like relative to the field that you're competing. And that's where the challenge comes. It's not just as simple as we're making these cuts. We're changing the scores. Like we just want to talk about is like, there's a lot of implications and a thousand different ways this thing can go. And one of the things that I don't exactly like when you change the scoring system as the cuts get greater and greater is that you put a different emphasis on the worth value of particular events later in the weekend. Yeah. And that again, skews things a bit in my mind when this is a performance based competition, not a points based competition, even though it ends up being a points based competition based off your performance, but it's not, directly associated with performance. And Bill, you mentioned Z-score uh, a little bit ago. And that's really the 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 point of Z-scoring is that it's a performance-based scoring system that has nothing to do with the number of people taking the test, but how people performed on the test. And something like that can actually get rid of a little bit of that, I would say, I don't know, controversy when it comes right. to scoring tables because it's just based off performance alone relative to the field taking the test. Yeah, and I, I like Z-score for a lot of reasons. One, you're, you're hitting one of them. The other one is seeing athletes actually try throughout the entire weekend because as we're going to see a cut down to 20, well, the same possibility, or at least it was there during the Rich and Matt years and Tia years, is, well, you have the other side where it's like, she's beating everybody by 200 points. She's no longer actually trying to win this event. She's just like trying to do the minimum work requirement or uh, as the last documentary showed, she's just going to soak in the moment and finish 12th Mm -hmm. and and just go about it. Like Z score or something that actually says like, well, no, let's take what the athlete did on the field and then put that in and say like, okay, that's worth, that's worth a hundred. And then here's the gap down if they beat them by two minutes versus just saying like, well, it's a hundred and it's a hundred and a hundred and 97 and 97 mm-hmm. and 97. Like, like in that case that those three points don't really matter. And it actually then proves out showing performance and being able to say, I am the fittest person here on this right. test or sorry, event. Jeez. Um, and, uh, oh my gosh. Careful. In but, three uh, weeks, you're going to have to switch right back. Oh yeah. Um, I'm the best person here, regardless of what we're going to call it. And, 
and, and I could show that out by actually hammering home mm-hmm. this event and saying, yeah, I beat everybody and I beat them by a mile. And, and again, just, just like saying, anything, like, there, played the game. Yeah, there, there is no perfect system. There are mm-hmm. pros and cons to everything. You can poke holes in Z-score as you can poke holes in points per place versus average finish place through the weekend or de- designated points on a sliding scale versus an even scale. Uh, there's there's a lot of different ways and systems we have used over the past. But the, the thing I do like about Z-score is I feel like it's more in line with CrossFit itself. This is a performance training metric. Yes. And it's a, yeah, perf- it's a performance-based scoring system. Um, question was, and I don't want to dive into much of the weeds of what Z-score is because that's not what we're here for, but um, go listen to Tyler Watkins' episode with us that yeah. we did like a year ago. <laughs> but uh, all right, so yeah. oh, go ahead, Mike, if you had anything else. I was just going to say, it, it awards performance over the rest of the field is the biggest piece of Z-score. Instead of just saying every place is worth three points or two points or one point, it's saying that athlete's performance over the next athlete's performance mm. is rewarded by X. Yeah, I might be getting this wrong, but like yeah. essentially if you win the event, you get a hundred points and then everyone's mm. points is allocated based off their performance relative to yours. Right. So if you know, from first, Tyler's Tyler's the king of that. Yeah. So yeah and I, and he's probably getting pissed off because I'm, I'm oversimplifying <laughs> a system, right? which I, which I am, but I was just trying to get his, as limited as possible. So, okay. So let's do a little look back of what we're here for. Uh, we're going to take a look back at last year's CrossFit games for 2022 using the cut system first that we have in place coming in 2023. The second thing we'll have is what the cuts it would look like also using the scoring system for 2023. Cause this is a little bit different. And then the biggest one we did, and we talked about this with timing of events programming events but i think one thing we said but didn't say directly was when these events are placed throughout the weekend and a big thing we saw last year was say the amazing performance early on of some athletes starting on thursday last year at the crossfit games and they slowly fell off towards the end of the weekend versus athletes that started slow and climbed the leaderboard throughout the the rest of the weekend examples say like Haley adams versus laura horvath in, in, a, in a sense, right? Haley's or, or Mal O'Brien, right? Mal O'Brien started off super strong and then tailed off towards the end. Laura Horvath started very low and started like winning and winning and winning on Sunday to get herself onto the podium. Did that change if the events were in reverse is another thing we're going to look at who makes the top 20 just to show how the event order or as you know, Bill, you talked about when these cuts happen and what events are placed where has a massive or, or what impact that has um, on the cross against Roger. What's up? Always, always here. Our OG from the, uh, the great white North. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. Before we get to that, because we always like to do this, our CrossFit games edition. OG shirts are available for pre-sale. It starts July 13th, which is today. It'll close July 17th because we got to get these things printed and ready and shipped for before anyone makes the trip to Madison, Wisconsin with us over there at the start August. We have two styles. We got a lifestyle, which is not a, a slim cut. We also have an athletic cut. There's two different ones, different colors in each one. We've got a navy blue, a black for Bill, a red and a white. <laughs> and we have Beautiful. the writing on the back, which is 
The standard is the standard, and that is something that Nicole Carroll has been preaching to our community ever since she really took over the brand and um, brand ambassador, brand ambassador, or, or controlling all of CrossFit's brand. Uh, I reached out to Nicole personally, and she signed off completely on this. So we are bringing it That's to right. you. I- the standard is the standard. That is on the back of the shirt. On the front, we do have a new OG logo, and that is a deck of cards pukey logo with the OG on the front. So go to www.vogculture, theogculture.com. Order your shirt today. Get every color. Get one of your favorite colors. I leave that up to you who's watching. Again, we have it in navy blue, black, red, and white. Uh, The sale is from the 13th to the 17th. If you guys follow us on Patreon, you will get a 20% discount on this shirt, we are bringing a new discount code for you, so don't order it just yet. Stay and listen to the rest of the show. But our Games Edition tees are set and available. So, all right, Mike, let's go through what we have, and we'll start with just the basics, and it's the looking back on the field using the 2023 cuts. And what I thought was interesting here is through all the the drama and the assumptions and everything is that you know you have the original order here on this tab, the new rank here on this tab. And as I look through it, is one of the big names where it's like, okay, who would have missed out on the top 20 last year on the men's side? And it only came down to one person. And it looked like that was Willie George, who ended up in 17th overall at the end of the weekend. What I thought was wild was that, okay, one person missed out if they made these cuts last year. But beyond that, when I looked at the top 10, there was only, there was no difference in the top 10. It is the same 10 athletes except for yeah. BKG and Gimajeros. By nine points. Yeah. And, and they were wow. so close then. It, right. And they, they, what, they were separated by how much? Uh, last year, they're separated by right. ten points. They're separated by ten yeah. points last year, where BKG was in ninth, Gima Heros is in tenth. With the new cut system, if they put in place, they 11. only change by eleven points in a place finish. That's crazy! Wow, that's it. The, the, so that's the show, folks. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> and, and so I thought this was fascinating. Yeah. And a lot of times we're like, "What does this do? What does this do?" It's like it doesn't do much. One person missed out on the top 20. The, so 19 of the 20 remain the same. 10 of the top 10 are the same in the only two order that changes in 9th and 10th, and that's by 10 or 11 points. Now, that's not to take out as the, the pride to have a top 10 finish or a top 20 finish to finish out the weekend and whatever money is associated with that. But when we're looking at this is going to change the entirety of the competition, not necessarily when we're looking at the men's side. Bill, you've seen this for the right. first time. What is your first yeah. reaction? I'm, uh, I mean, I think, you know, when, you, when you're when you up at the the top, when you're looking at your top athletes, your top athletes are always going to rise. They're always going to be at the top. I mean, we've talked about, like, all the champions that we've had. Like, basically, it doesn't matter what event you throw out there. They're going to be up towards the top somewhere. Um, I'm shocked that the exact same 10 with one switch that's only like literally 10 points 
mm-hmm. like that that blows my mind. I wouldn't have thought. I would have thought there would have been a little bit more mix up than that. Um, even when you look all the way to the top twenty, like there aren't as many as I thought that there would be. Shuffle, you know, as far as the shuffling going around mm-hmm. on the men's side, yeah, it, it was pretty <laughs> shocking. Wild. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, Mike. Do you want to add anything? Before and you we mentioned, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just add. You mentioned Willie George, so um, a big piece of Willie George's sort of fall. He falls like six places, um, and and down into twenty third is he doesn't get the chance because he was cut. And the way we sort of did this using the twenty three cuts, he wouldn't have done back nine and gotten second place mm. in that. Mm. So um, I don't remember at the games. I know this is different. Like every single time, like games open, whatever else do they pay? If you, it's only if you win an event or is it if you top, I, I think it's if you event? win. Or do they even, top, they did top three. Don't it they, might they? be top three. I never know. Okay. So in that case, that. Willie George is out some money. If he, if he doesn't mm. get to do that, uh, because he was one of the, just to call it out, he was one of the top, athletes there's a couple other top performances that wouldn't have happened which is an interesting piece of this uh his second place on back nine is is by far the the largest there's a few women that like they wouldn't be in the top like five or so um but his second place Mm -hmm. and then there's just to lay it out spoiler alert no no event wins change because these athletes weren't here um so that was right and maybe the points either changed or squeezed a little bit but other than mm-hmm. shuffling maybe a couple of the lower uh bottom 11 through 20 but but nothing drastic on the men's side right yeah all right let's switch over to the women's side now this one all right you have the original rank on the left obviously tia Tumian first all the way down to um 20th the new score with the new cut sorry the new cuts here's one bill first through 12th, there is zero no change. change. It is the same order first through 12th. The biggest one after that is that Christy O'Connell, who had been 13th in the new cut format, sorry, 13th in the original, would have been 18th with the new cuts, which tells me Christy had a, what is it, a bigger end of the weekend? Than she did, or what does that tell us, Mike? Uh, she eighteenth and new. Uh, she had a bigger front end of the weekend. Front, front end of the weekend, so because okay. then the scoring, I think, is what actually does it to her. It's like her finishes towards the back end. She's not being awarded as much. Oh yeah, he says she has a, she has a five point differential and a sixty nine point difference with this yeah. new cut system. So it just ekes into it. Um, uh, there's a I don't want to like overwhelm anybody but I I might be able to share this uh in the future and if you scroll all the way over it actually will then show you like every single one of their finishes oh yeah where they that. were oh, and how yeah, they did it yeah um so uh with that we could probably dig into it and find exactly mm-hmm. where where Christy got uh wronged by this by this new system um but yeah it's likely that she was awarded 13th fourth fourth that was shuttled overhead oh gosh she got fourth and fourth in that event damn yeah she was she was really good capital the whole thing i'm i'm looking on i'm like those a b uh events that that boz seems to love and Mm -hmm. the athletes that do really well in both brian and i've looked at that a few times uh now we we talked about last time is that the one athlete that was out 
of the top 20 with this new cut system where they cut to 20 again. They had 30 all the way through. Uh, for the women's side is, is Karin Frey, Karin mm-hmm. Freyova, who was the 20th one um, coming in, the same. but 23rd yeah. with this new cut system where she wouldn't admit it. But look at this. I guess with the cuts, there's a more point differential because she wouldn't have finished the weekend. But Karin Freyova is the one athlete that would have been not making in the top 20 with this new cut system. And and for her, it's the same story as Willie George. She finished third in Alpaca or the version of Alpaca that they did. And um, which I, I heard your show yesterday. I, I also hope that there's another Alpaca event, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but uh, she finished third in that, in that event. So she didn't get to do that in this system where she would have been cut before. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, again, that's, that's part of it is that, you know, the end of the weekend in 2022, and, and this is what we talked about, how programming matters before and after cuts is that Sunday was heavy day or heavy, strong athlete event followed by a heavier, stronger athlete event, and then a big athlete to make a row cut and then finish the rest of the weekend if people wanted to push it in the last event, which that usually changes the way people attack it, whether they're in contention or not in contention. And that was just, that was the last day. Heavily favored a bigger, stronger athlete in three. Yeah, and then in in this system, the cuts were, let me just remind myself. I know one of them is a sandbag event. Mm. And then the other one is is Echo Press. So oh. those just to call it out. So a cut after Echo two Press events. Yeah, the, the Echo Press would have cut the field to thirty, mm-hmm. and the Sandbag event would have cut the field to twenty. Yep. Now, how important is, is second- to get those tiebreakers right? Oh my gosh! Yeah, because that's a Saturday night <laughs> event, right? Holy shit! Yeah. I mean, what if you lost on a on a sandbag over the yoke tiebreaker? Exactly. I'd, I'd be furious. <laughs> it's like I listed the bag two minutes faster than that dude, and he gets to beat me because he can go boop, boop, boop over it. Because <laughs> I yeah. dropped my if bag. You walk out onto the field, and it's like, well, you got to lift this two hundred pound sandbag event. But the next day, you get to do kettlebells and. Mm-hmm. Um, and running, yeah, and sled pushing. So, and you know, just goes to talk about the the uh, importance of all the things that are associated with the cuts, the scoring, when the events are placed, and the programming of the events in general. Yeah, but but when we go to the one where we flip it, I just wanted to make that call out because it it's it, it would be really interesting if these uh, are yes. the, the events that that suddenly. We're the ones to to make or make or break somebody's weekend. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of drama per per se. If if I mean, look, if you're a fan of someone who gets cut, clearly it's going to be dramatic for you. But one person got displaced. The order for the top ten only changed for the men on ninth and tenth, and that's it. On the women, it went all the way down in order to twelfth, and some little changes at the bottom of the the top 20 but not a whole lot so if the if the first alarm is this is going to change everything well it's it's not necessarily going to so is it we're always still at a wait and see we have no idea what's going to happen at the games yet none but on the look back it's like hey it's this isn't as awful as we may paint it to be if we're in the camp of this is terrible 
Well, and then real, and then one thing real quick. We we also looked at just last year using this. I mean, we haven't looked at all of the other cuts to see if there would be. I mean, like, what if we're looking at the 2019 games mm-hmm. and now adjusting those those cuts yeah. and those changes? And, like, what? Yeah. what would and to it be fair, you this is mean? a look back. We're we're using athletes' performances that they had no yeah. idea of these cuts coming. We're, we're, we're putting in a saying. lot of assumptions yeah. here. Uh, well, and especially when we do the reverse order, we right. we have a lot of caveats. Yeah. This is the the for shits one, right? The that's coming up. This one was a bit more of a depiction of what could have happened. This one is like we took some liberties here on on, on the next one, but I thought it was fun to do. No, it's it's because I didn't have to do it. Just because you're the guy that plays with all the numbers, and you saw what this last year did. Mm -hmm. Um, what what would you think would be some of the the uh, finishes of past years with the cuts? Do you think it would be similar to this, or do you think it would be completely different based on when they did the cuts in those other years? Like if like if we look at you know 2011 or 20 you know any of those years, do you think it would be different? I'd really like to look at 2018 because it was the last one where they didn't do cuts. And yeah. See, see, I mean, again, like the things that come to mind first is like Matt still wins and like a few other things. But then there's the year that um, I think this was brought up by somebody else, Tia and Kara, where they were like points apart. Right. And Tia won. Like if there was cuts or different scoring systems. So, I mean, we've mentioned uh, a few of those or the order of the events are different. Therefore, the the execution or the feeling of those athletes about what they have to do in that moment, knowing that, Hey, there's still this sandbag event or something else coming. Um, then, then that all can factor in, but it, I mean, just this look back. And as Chase said, um, well, there is, we don't have a time machine. We're not actually going back and telling these athletes like, Hey, by the way, you're going to get cut tomorrow. If you don't <laughs> lift the sandbag. Uh, or in that case, um, what was the other one? Uh, yeah. If you don't do this echo press event, right. You're going to get cut. So I think they would have probably pushed a little differently there. Um, but yeah, 2018 could be a little bit different, especially maybe podium, maybe top 10, um, the year of T and car, uh, just how close that was. That's one that I definitely want to look at, look at. This took a little while. Um, so it's not something where I just plug myself into the computer and then can tell you like, Hey, in 2011, it would have been this, this, and this, but, um, I wish, but, uh, maybe, maybe with AI, I can get there. (laughs) (laughs) AI solves everything until it becomes our biggest problem. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's do the the fun one, and I'll, I'll set this up. Is I was, you know, I was talking to Mike. I was like, "Hey, what can you go back and run these cut numbers with the field last year?" He's like, "Sure, no problem." I was like, "All right, I got a worse one for you. Can you, for the sake of displaying how event order can dictate the competition with cuts, without cuts, not really." I mean, depending on like your fatigue level going into certain weekends, but I was like, can you run these numbers in reverse order of events? So instead of going event one on Thursday, we are starting with Sunday as Jackie Pro being event one and back nine being event two and Alpaca being event three. And then we're going to do a cut to 30 based off the end of, let's say, or I would say the beginning of Saturday, right? Saturday, two days, cut to 30, and then one day, cut to 20, if everybody's following us. So it's the same format. We're just going if you're in. Following, if you're following that. Yeah. 
Reverse right. order events, same times in the cuts. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll say this is that the problem with this uh, right off the bat is that we don't have the numbers for the first 10 athletes that got cut initially to start this test, right? Mm-hmm. Did we just take them off the board completely? How did you factor them in? Yeah, I just chopped them out. Chopped them off. So, right? it's, so it's out of 30. And that, but um but just to be clear, the scoring is out of thirty then as well. Yeah. So it's 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 using a scoring that matches the amount of athletes and then um and but it is in a reverse order because obviously again, yeah. no time machine. We can't make up ten athletes not doing a, a event. Right. So there's there's a big hole in this uh experiment, but it's still fun. That's what makes this the fun one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, so so I'll, we'll say this. Here are the 10 athletes that aren't a part of this test because they got cut in the beginning of the weekend and we're using them in this town. Andre Uday, Baden Brown, Austin Spencer, Mortz Fiebig, Tudor Magda, Colgri Saber, Austin Raquelme, Yorgos Keravis, Keelan Henry, and Arthur Simonoff. Those are the 10 athletes or nine athletes, however many this was at the time, that are not making it forward. But mm-hmm. I added another level of complexity because I was like, but Mike, what if we did this? How can we show the end of day standings at the end of each day and watch how their placements progress going forward? And thankfully he said, yes. Dude. So this one that you're on right now is actually the, the, the correct order. Sorry. There's so many tabs. This is the, okay. Which one do I want? So you want the, uh, you want the men. reverse. Yeah, that one. Uh, but men's is, oh God. This is says 22 men with 23 cuts and scoring day-by-day summary. There should be a 22 men, 30, and reverse day summary. Got it. 22 men, 30, and reverse day summary. How's that? There we go. There it is. All right. Um, Here we go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's do it. End of day one, which is Sunday's events. Just in your top three, Roman Karenikov would have been in first place at the end of day one, and Sam Quant and Justin Medeiros would be tied at the end of day one. So those are your, that's your podium, with fourth place being Gima Harris, fifth place being Jeffrey Adler, six Pat Vellner, seven Willie George, because he had a great first day or Sunday. Eight, Jason Hopper, nine, BKG, 10, Lazar Jukic. That's the end of day one. Ricky Garrard, 12th. Ricky Garrard in 12th place. Yeah. <laughs> and so wow. this is this is that drama. And I mean, a lot of us just watched the, the documentary. Uh, this is that drama that they build in is like, who's where at the end of each day. So I'm really glad you, you called this out. Uh, and I got to do this is is that is a big piece of the story is who's wearing that leader's jersey, which is why, why it's red there. And then who's, who's in podium contention and what do the scorings look like? Because if you, I mean, you're going to keep going, but like you can already see on the screen here, Justin after the first day is in first, there Mm. is no drama. It, It looks almost like a, I mean, it comes close a few times, but it is a similar to other, uh, previous champions it is just no that he's winning like Mm -hmm. he's staying in first he never leaves first the rest of the way but then you see these jockeying pieces where like well just look at day two there Guy's in second yes 
Geeko. Do you remember? I mean, Gee's not in the documentary, <laughs> right? Uh, which, uh, so in this uh, this upside down world that we're in here, it's a lot more uh, a lot different stories than we when we got out of the actual. All right, so we moved the day two, and we're, oh, gosh, I should pull up the events for this. What were the events for Saturday? Technically, we had five days of competition. Dude, I can tell you. I got it here. All right, day two. In reverse order, sandbag ladder, hat trick, rinse and repeat. At the end of this day. Oh, man. Yeah. Whoops. That's not the tab I wanted. That's the one I'm looking at. At the end of this day, Justin Medeiros in first place. Guy Mojeros has moved into second place. Roman Karenikov has dropped the third. Ricky Garrard has moved up to ninth. Fourth place, Jason Hopper. Fifth place is not even up here. Where is it? Did I miss it? Uh, it's uh, Sam Quant. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sam Quant. Sixth place, Jeffrey Adler. Pat Vellner in seventh. In eighth place, Brent Fakowski. And in tenth place, Nick Matthew. So that's the wild range of, of things we've seen at the end of day two. Now, at the end of day two, is this when we cut to 30, technically, but we already started with 30, right? It would have been. It yeah, would have yeah, been. Yeah. All right. Day three events. Day three events were oh, Echo Press, Up and Over, and Capital. That would be the and end you can of tell, day because you, you, you mentioned the, the previous day. Imagine starting your day with a heavy max sandbag event and then ending your day with a swim and ski event. And then going into this one, imagine starting your day like with just a full throttle echo press <laughs> and then having to do a run to the Capitol and take flip. Yeah. Imagine so, ending I mean, with the Capitol. <laughs> there is magic to what, what Dave and Boz and all them do here. Um, and I, yeah. what I like here too, is we're also acknowledging the beauty of putting events together in the order of which they do. Yes. Right. If we flip this day, you're like, what the f- <laughs> what kind of what kind of piece of shit programming day is this? And so I, I, I want to reflect like the positive uh, of this as well. So okay, so let's look at the top ten men or the top twenty, technically top thirty. <clears throat> at the end of day three, Justin Medeiros still in first. Roman Karenikov has moved up to second. Sam Quant has moved up to third. Gimo Harris fourth. Jason Hopper fifth. Adler, 6th. Vellner, 7th. Gerard 8th. So now Gerard has moved up another spot. BKG, ninth, And Brent Fikowski in 10th. Let's go to day 4, which is technically just what? One event. <laughs> day 4 was the makeup day, yeah. And day 4, so we have basically one event till we cut to 20. Shuttle to overhead event. That's the event. So after this, we're cutting down to 20. All right, and these are the results for day four. Brentfic, or Justin Medeiros still in first. Roman Karenikov still in second. Ricky Garrard has went from eighth to fourth. <laughs> Sam Quant is still in third. Patrick Vellner has moved up to fifth. Adler has dropped down to seventh. Yee has dropped down to 6th. Hopper has gone from 5th to 10th. 
BKG has moved up from ninth to eighth. Lazar Jukic, 12th to ninth. And those are your top 10 at the end of that final shuttle overhead cut. So you'll be and then if you to- want to scroll down, you can see like who got who would have gotten cut out. And yeah, so this, this is side, and it's yeah, it's the same athletes basically. Right. Yep. So here's who's getting cut after this: Uldis Upanix, Spencer Pancheck, Tim Paulson, Alex Vigneault, Jan Briant, Will Morad, Henrik Hapalainen, Jay Crouch, Alexander Carone, and Enrico Zanoni. Those who are the ones that got cut going into the final day. Okay, final day's events in reverse order. Elizabeth elevated to start the day off into a skill speed medley. Could you imagine if they made this the second event? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like the second to last that's, event. If that's last the day. like penultimate event. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. It's just like what is this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> Although it'd been pretty interesting to Sunday. see what happened to Tia. You're like, oh my gosh, I got cut. Can anyone beat her? And then you finish off with bike to work. So those are your three. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. That's your final. That's your it's final. It's just a bike race. Bike <laughs> to work. And, and, and two people <laughs> cut it off early. Off yeah. ride. Hey, I'm in Ohio right now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Where did exactly. I turn? I don't understand. All right. And so here's how it ends up. Justin Madero's first place. Roman Karenikov keeps his second place. Ricky Garrard gets on top of the podium, jumping from fourth to third. Quant drops from third to fourth. Adler goes from seventh to fifth. Vellner goes from fifth down to sixth. Hopper goes from tenth up to seventh. Gima Harris drops from sixth to eighth. Lazar Jukic holds on to ninth place. And BKG drops from eighth to tenth. Those are your top ten if we went in reverse order. I feel like we just watched a whole brand new episode, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like those numbers are like awesome. Said, yeah. Imagine this documentary of just like these athletes. Right, we're just, just like, going through the cross the games again in, in reverse oh, order, man, in reverse order. So, wow. Yeah. That was, uh, that was it, a lot. It, yeah. It, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, yeah, that was a lot. Um, when we look at, let's go, I'll go back to the beginning here. And this is the original rank on the left, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when we, we cut it through, when we, when we went in reverse, again, the top 10 athletes are the same, just different orders. First through seventh is the same first through seventh. Eighth, Gimo Heros, who where he ended up tenth in the original. Lazar Jukic is in ninth when he was eighth. BKG dropped the tenth when he was ninth. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 are the same. Travis Mayer goes from 18th to 17th, and he switches with Willie George, who is 17th to 18th. Dallin Pepper, 19, 19, but the big one is Andre Uday who originally yep. finished 27th, but in this format, again, not having all 1040 to start would have been in the top 20. Is that the biggest, yeah, and that's biggest one we've had? Is, is the scoring change and then 10 less athletes. So it's mm-hmm. like scrunches down. Like where where like he could, probably had poor finish. finishes on the first day, but without those other 10, yeah. it doesn't hurt all him the, as much. All the middling in there yeah. of those athletes. Yeah. yeah. But but I think this one really is focused on the story side of, of things and, and and just driving home that piece of it matters 
well, especially even within a day, it matters uh, when we started saying like sandbag versus uh, before a swim, like it, it really matters. The drama of, of the entire test uh, of the games, the, even the days that, that these are done in a certain order. And mm. um, that's a big part of the programming that you don't necessarily always uh, stick to. It's a lot of like, well, are they doing couplets or triplets? Are they doing chippers? Are they doing all this different stuff? But it, it's also like what order they do it in. And then to this conversation where those cuts happen, like if it was shuttled to overhead yeah, and then the cuts after that, but it's an event where you had athletes, I think oldest Upenix where he's just like, well, I'm not even going to try on the run. I'm just going to mm. drive or was it backwards? No, he was the one that ran super fast and then didn't. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So when you look at this, the big one I see when you talk, the, 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 the fun part of this, you know, Excel spreadsheet run is you, you talk about story time. Would this have changed people's feelings of Ricky Garrard if it had gone this way? Would you have been more engaged and supportive of Ricky Garrard's you performance at the CrossFit Games if after day one he was 12th? And you're like, yep, all right, he made it. He's really not here. And then it was like exactly what we thought after dude, five years. Dude, he's just kind of here because he's coming out, and what is he doing? He's coming out, and, and like uh, you know, days like oh, he wins the cap, and I was like, oh shit, here he comes. And then it's like, and then on the last day of competition, what does he go out and do? He's like, does he have two event wins on the first day or something like that? Mm-hmm. Comes out and wins the last event to make it on the podium. That's the thing going in the last going into the last event of this hypothetical thing. He would have been in fourth place going into the last event, and he would have had to win it to make the podium. Like, and with all the drama, because remember, at the end of that event, when Spencer Panchik and Lazar Jukic pulled off first, and we thought Yonikoski was winning, and all of a sudden, Ricky Garrard was out there, everybody thought Ricky Garrard cheated too. <laughs> they just assumed. They just like, assumed, oh, five right? Yeah. And in the, the, like, you talk about drama, if we had to spend two hours to figure out, oh. who, right? Because that's what we had to do. I, I mean, I remember I sitting in the truck, yeah. like CSI analyzing different video feeds to find Ricky Garrard, and I found him. And then we did this whole thing that mm-hmm. kind of got botched on the broadcast. I was a little pissed off about that. But to, to find that it actually worked, like that it was actually real, and then he actually did it. And it turns out this dude comes out in, in podiums on the last event of the weekend. <laughs> Again, fun, 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 to, uh, fun for nothing conversation, but you know, crown a champion six hours later after everybody watched six hours of video yeah. to figure out who was who. Yeah. Well, it definitely puts a different uh, emphasis on what those athletes did on each day. So now you're not only just, I mean, we know what they did originally and that wasn't even how did they finish that particular day, but it's just like, you know, the, the running, the running, uh, leaderboard as it was, but this way it actually goes, oh, this is where you really were on that day. Where it takes that day alone. It's like, how did you place on that day? So you really see that like, yeah, Ricky did not have a good last day for reals, like in the in the in the real yeah. games. You know, in 12th. this in this version, he had a spectacular last day. You know? So I it's that was really interesting. That's it, crazy. And 
the documentary was really interesting and it was interesting to have Pat be the one they, they kind of focused on because obviously the history there, but like there was this odd piece that I just didn't realize was happening live there that people were like booing the fact that Ricky was in the leader's Jersey for like the yeah. first couple days. Like it was like, I wasn't like thinking that part. Like I was like, Oh, he's back and he's doing really well. This is amazing. But like, if you would have seen it this way in this, yeah. th- this dramatic way of like, Oh no, he's just, he's still hanging in. Oh no, he's still creeping up. He's still doing those things. And if you switch over to the women, because it's, it's, that's Laura's story at mm-hmm. the, at the games is like she was just sort of hanging around. She was never really in the leader's jersey. She she just sort of hung in there and then finally, yeah, uh, finally got on the podium. So, all right, well, let's, let's see that switch. looks a little different when you pull that one. Yeah. So we'll do the same thing for the women again. Caveat: we're missing ten going in because we're going backwards and we didn't have ten to finish the weekend. But let's look at the events that we'll be starting with. So five days of competition because of that rain day. You've got Jackie Pro into the back nine, into the modified alpaca with the sled um, pushes and kettlebell clean and jerks. These are the 10, we have the 10? Uh, uh, that should be right, yeah. This you're, is the whole uh, 30. Uh, oh, yeah, let me do the, the, right uh, one. That's I'm, the 30. I'm on the yeah. right one. I was going to see which ones are not in there. It should be the... Let's see. Yeah, it should be those ones right there. Is that the... Well, this is all 30. I was going to say which 10 women are not... Oh, not in there at all. Not Sorry. in there. I'll say it. Uh, there you go. Uh, you no, go. wait. That's the women. Nope. That's the men. No. Come on, Chase. I'll get there. There we go. Um, okay. Is this... This is the bottom 10? Uh, it or should be. It's not one? a... But yeah, those should be the athletes that were cut. Okay. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, athletes that won't be in this um, model. Kristen Kohlenbrander, Sung Yun Choi, Caroline Connors, Freya Musburger, Julia Cato, uh, Elena Caratala, Sydney McAleishan, Solvig Sigurder daughter, Michelle Morand, and Emily Rolfe. So those are the 10 that won't be in the fun, the fun V, as we like to say. Reverse order, day summary. I got that right, right? Okay. Yeah. End of day one. Tia Toomey is sitting in fourth place. Laura Horvath is in first. Gabby Magawa is in second. Kara Saunders is in third. Oh my gosh. Fourth place. I don't, do I have to go down here? No, no. Fourth place. Wait, wait. Oh, fourth place is Tia Toomey. I already said that. Fifth place, Danny Spiegel. Sixth place, Karin Freyova. Seventh place, Brooke Wells. Eighth place, Mal O'Brien. Ninth place, Ellie Turner. Tenth place, Emma McQuaid. That's your top 10. Here's who's in the bottom 20. Haley Adams, 20th. Emma Lawson, 23rd. And what was it? Chris O'Connell, 27th. Like those are the big outside ones in this, re- in this reverse made up world order. Emma Lawson won. Shocking. Not necessarily yeah, surprising. I mean, it was, it was a, like a big piece of that. Yeah. Right. So that's your end of day one. Uh, let's go to the events for day two. We said sandbag ladder, hat trick, which was the sprint, wall ball shots, and dumbbell snatches for three sets, and then rinse and repeat, which is the swim and the ski erg there. So end of day two. 
Laura Horvath is still in first place. Cara Saunders has moved from third to second. I even I forgot she was there. Honestly, <laughs> no disrespect. I just uh, oh. Tia has moved from fourth to third. Fourth place. Danny Spiegel's moved from fifth to fourth. Ellie Turner's moved from ninth to fifth. Gabby Magawa's dropped from second to sixth. Brooke Wells stays in seventh. Amanda Barnhart has moved from 12th to 8th. Karin Freover has dropped from 6th down to 9th. And Mal O'Brien has dropped from 8th to 10th after the second day in this reverse order of events. So again, uh, where's the teens at? Right. Because they're a big part of the actual storyline. Is they, These... And you could say it a few different ways. Because uh, I, I heard Pat say this, I think, on a podcast recently. It's like, there's these athletes that have been there enough times and, and thinking about the real order, not this reverse order. They've been there enough times to know, like, hey, I still got Saturday and Sunday. Hey, I'm still... And that, that does factor into those cuts conversation. Mm-hmm. Hey, I still got Saturday and Sunday. And they know how to turn it on and say, like, okay, this is where I'm going to go win or podium or, 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 or whatever that might be. Like, in the... In the actual version, the teens are the ones that are winning the early days. And this version, it's T is actually she's going to jump. I mean, she's going to jump straight up uh, mm-hmm. up here and stay there, similar to to Justin, Laura, um, who's obviously been on the podium uh, a few times now, um, is 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 in is in there at first, and then Cara Saunders, who was uh, uh, fortunately you didn't know she was there. Uh, I mean, I know she was there. there. I just I, I, uh, yeah. Um, just kidding. She pulled but, the same um, quad. She's the like, second. Oh, yeah, you, it's you did well. like there's a huge gap, and it sort of this shows well is like these are the athletes that they know how to win on Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. and so that's that's what you're seeing here. And the the newer athletes to it are the ones that are still uh, are the ones that sort of have pulled back a little bit uh, when they get into the weekend. Well, and I wonder if it's a if it's a pullback thing um, or mm-hmm. if it's a do you really know what it feels like to go five days yeah. of battling head to head with the best in the world? You know, you, you can't, these, I mean, they're, I mean, obviously Emma Lawson's amazing. All the teen athletes we have out there are just, they're just, I mean, you can't even put enough, like how badass they are to them, but also like there is an experience level of how do you know what it feels like to go every single day, five days straight where you're having to do battle, not just come out and be like, I'm here, boom. And I'm going to go big and I'm big for two days or even three days since that's what normally like the semis are or, you know, the, the sanctionals before that or whatever. And that's a long, that's a long haul. And that's one of the things that isn't always talked about at the games is the other event is the games like lasting. Oh yeah. At that high level. Well, they say like the extra the overall time. event is the entire test itself. Right. And so that's why I think with a lot of these younger athletes, it's, I don't think it's that they physically can't handle it, but I mean, there's got to be a mental element to it where it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I mean, they're beasts, but like, you know, we, I, in like the old school world of wrestling, we talk about old man strength. The old man doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the best athlete. They'll just come out and they'll beat you because they know how to beat you. Not that they're better than you. Yeah. And I think that it's something like this where you actually see you like, wow, 23rd for Emma Lawson yeah. on the last day. Damn. I wouldn't, I would have never, I would have never saw that. I never thought that it's crazy. That's cool to see this. 
All right, let's uh, <clears throat> day three. Echo press up and over. Ring muscle ups, jump over an object, 35 GHG sit-ups in the walking lunge to the end, and then the capital. So at the end of day three, Tia has moved from third to first. Laura has dropped from first to second. Cara Saunders has dropped from second to third, which is wild. It's like if you looked at three straight days, like basically yeah. the back half of the weekend, Cara had a podium performance all the way yeah. through. On the back half. Um, let's see. Mal O'Brien has jumped from 10th to 4th. Danny Spiegel has dropped from 4th to 5th. Brooke Wells has jumped from 7th to 8th or 7th to 6th. Lucy Campbell went from 16th to 7th on Whoa. this day. In reverse. <laughs> right. <laughs> Daniel Brandon, 12th to 8th. And then Gabby Magala dropped from 6th to 9th. And Alexis, Alexis Raptis jumped from 15th to 9th to tie at the end of the day for 9th place with Gabby Magawa. And Tia jumped from 3rd to 1st, getting 288 points. Jeez. In one day. <laughs> in one day. One day she, well, I mean, she did it in the, the actual order too. It's just laid out a little bit differently. So, right. uh, but, uh, but yeah, she had a big day three to just solidify that she's gonna, she still got it. She can stick around. Dang. And then we still have 30 to this point. And yeah. okay. So let's go to the day moving four day. moving. Yeah. Cut day. Shelter to overhead is the only event that we have. Um, again, that, event here so let's look at what happens at the end of day four as we cut down to 20 tia Tumi still in first first to first laura horvath maintains her second and second mal o'brien moves from fourth to third car saunders drops from third to fourth daniel brannon jumps from eighth to fifth danny spiegel drops from fifth to sixth Brooke Wells drops from 6th to 7th. Electus Raptus moves up from 9th to 8th. Ariel Lowen jumps from 16th to 9th. And Amanda Barnhart goes from 12th to 10th. So big jump from, say, Ariel Lowen. Right? She jumps, what, seven spots in one event? Wow. It's pretty wild. Um, Emma Lawson notables 15th to 11th going into that. Let's see. Lucy Campbell went from 7th to 18th just on that one test or one event. So that was a, a tough one for her going into that. Now there was uh, a good question here. Uh, let me pull it up is if we looked at it in the order of which it was originally designed, be curious about that. So, Instead of a five-day cut, it's a four-day cut. So if you, oh, if you, if you yeah, put gotcha. if you put the shuttle run into the first day, what that may look yeah, because like. even if you if you go to the leaderboard right now, the no, one? the leaderboard's right. I think there's a way I pulled it that it told me like the order they were supposed to be, mm. and I actually had to go and switch it. It's uh, a good question. When I was pulling this, 
because uh, I believe what was it supposed to be? Wasn't it supposed to be shuttle overhead was on day one, one and then day two was supposed to be, I think, a full rest day. Full rest day, and then they had yeah. But you know, good so, question. More to do. Good yeah. question. There you go, Mike. <laughs> uh, we're just going to stop this podcast and Mike's going to do some math and we'll do it all over again. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. Last day of competition, which was the original first day of competition. Elizabeth elevated skill, speed, medley and bike to work. And everybody loses their mind in the order of the program at which it is in reverse <laughs> because of what happens here. End of the weekend. Tia still in first. Mal O'Brien goes from third to second. Laura Horvath goes from second to third. Daniel Brandon goes from fifth to fourth. Brooke Wells, seventh to fifth. Emma Lawson, 11th up to fifth. Tied for fifth place with Daniel Brandon. That's This doesn't do tiebreakers, so there's yeah. there would be some sort of, yeah. And Cara Saunders drops from fourth to seventh. Haley Adams goes from 13th to eighth. So a five place jump there. Gabby Magawa goes from 12th to ninth. Alexis, Alexis Raptus goes from eighth to 10th. Uh, notables that were in the top 10 that got bumped out on this last day. Ariel Lowen was ninth. She ended up 11th. Amanda Barnhart was 10th. She ended up in 13th. And Danny Spiegel went from 6th to 17th on one day. The first day alone. It's a rough day. It's a rough day. Rough day with a a 20-person scoring system that doesn't award hardly anything for getting like teens. That's that's who I was thinking of when I Mm. when you mentioned that earlier in the show is like what if what if somebody was getting the teens like Mm -hmm. they're they're not getting any points down there. And I want to say I think different from the men's side, the storyline in this one is less. Other than other than like mid tier ones having big drops. Yeah. And if you're just focused on these three athletes, like sort of the documentary, these three athletes are going to do well. Like the thing that you would sort of latch on to is where's Mal O'Brien to mm-hmm. start the weekend. Like she's mm-hmm. not even, I mean, she was within the top 10, I believe and stayed there, but like he wasn't there. And that versus yeah, what day this one, is, Laura's Laura's here. Like, uh, oh, yeah, can as Laura John win? Singleton likes to say, Europe is, Europe is coming. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and she's actually here. And then her just have a slight decline over there versus what what actually is is the true story is she starts way low and she skyrockets up mm-hmm. sort of what what we saw with ricky in the reverse order yeah and no you're right like laura two straight days of wearing a leader jersey in reverse on the second third day where tia just has a monster day she's only behind her by 35 points crazy and we're like oh maybe she can hang and then she you know gets a little turns into 50. Yeah. It turns yeah. into 50. And then you see the events on the last day. You're like, Oh, that's the fucking over. <laughs> Still got it. Uh, but yeah. So like say, but no, nah, I'll take that back. Like Emma Lawson, 23rd, right? Like, ah, oh, yep. There's the, uh, the young inexperience, you know, 23rd place, 20th. And just like 15th, 11th, fifth. Right. Yeah. Amanda, uh, yeah. Daniel Brandon, 15th to what fourth or tied for yeah 
You know, that that's a big yeah. move for her. Brooke like you Wells, can even see like Ellie like Adams they, has a big day. Um and on the flip side is that those that were like, you know, like Danny Spiegel, fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth for four straight days, like, oh shit, someone who has barely been able to finish a CrossFit games is gonna finish in the top five. Like and then no. <laughs> Put her on a bike. Yeah. And some of that volatility has to do with the programming. And if you don't have all your holes, you know, filled and all your boxes checked, is that's that's part of the picture we wanted to paint when when running this this model is that not only does the programming matter when you take the cuts and we'll keep saying it over and over, but where you put the events specifically also do matter when it, when it comes to either how the weekend unfolds for, I would say, those mid-tier athletes where the programming does matter. The top of the top, Bill, we've said this before, is like, it didn't matter what was programmed for Tia, Matt, and Rich. It didn't no. matter. That doesn't mean the programming doesn't matter. They just, just didn't matter for them. Like it, Whatever you did and whatever order and whatever scoring system you use, they were always the best by far. Those are yeah. exceptions, right? But how it happens from podium athletes, that's a big deal. And how those top 20, how the top 20 shake out going in through cuts, that matters. Well, then I think the other thing, you know, the, as, as we come around to the end here, knowing that all of these things are supposed to be helping us to find who the fittest athlete in the world is. But at the same time, with CrossFit, you know, the company of CrossFit, wanting to make this a more world known sport and a, you know, we want to get it to all, we want, you know, 30 million people doing CrossFit and all these things where we want to make it much more spectator friendly where you put the cuts or even if you put the cuts, then become part of that game because it's not just about the fittest. That's who we're crowning, but it's about the spectacle of the competition as well. And I don't know. My question, I guess to you guys would be, what do you, do you think it does more for the spectacle of the sport to have less people? Or, I mean, cause like if let, let's say that my camp of people is watching number 25 and I'm all about 25 and then they're not, there mm-hmm. anymore because they've been cut. I'm like, well, cool. I might watch it. Maybe I'll watch the rerun of it. That's a great question. You know, I, I mean, I, don't, I think it's yeah. only it's only forty athletes. I it's don't only forty. I don't like manufactured drama. As Agreed. a as a fan, right? I I think there's plenty of drama and stories to tell that can always come out. You can't tell me that 2015 to 2018 didn't have great storylines other than Matt and Tia running away with it eventually. Totally. Uh, but we still had the battles between Kachin and Tia and Tia and Kara when, you know, that was growing up. We still had the battles of of Matt and Ben in 2015. And then, you know, Matt just went fucking off planet for a, a while. <laughs> right? But the, the, the baseline races of podium races, the Brent Fikowski and uh, Lucas Hogberg ties and, and, and like – there, there was plenty of drama outside of those who were just winning. Um, There's plenty of nerves and excitement when it came to all of that, I thought, especially for those, those battles for a podium position. But beyond that, I think the cut, those things can still happen, but these cuts add more drama later down, uh, lower down the leaderboard. But yet at the same time, it's like I said, it's somewhat manufactured. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, whenever you squeeze, whenever you take the the, the container that's as big and now you squeeze it down, you know, you're good. You are depends on the, the sport watcher. Are you? Are you someone like I know you're 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 a big purist sport yeah. watcher like. The, the athletes, the drama of the moment I can get into, I don't need extra drama. And some people are just casual laissez-faire fans. Like, no, I want cuts because I want to see these storylines come in every other day. And, and that, like, they enjoy that manufactured yeah. drama. Yeah. And, I, and, and on that, like, like, I'm not a big basketball watcher, but I'll watch March Madness and I'll watch mm. the NBA Finals mm. because in those cases, those games truly matter for finding the champion like like i'm not gonna watch the the season for the lakers or any any other team or the dallas maverick um but Lucky i'll watch it. them in the finals yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Go Spurs. laughs> um, i'll watch them in the finals because it's that sort of thing like we've whittled it down through a bracket or whatever it might be those those teams are playing they're actually playing for the championship. So that's like the final heat. That's the final 10 men and the final 10 women. And that's where we see like, regardless of cuts, like I I think it came up somewhere. It's like, well, the fans are taking a pee probably in those first two heats. They're not Mm -hmm. really seeing, seeing some of them anyway. Uh, Unless you're a big fan of the 25th or 35th athlete. And you're like, Oh no, I'm only here. I'm, I'm so-and-so's parents. And I'm only here to see my guy or my girl um do as well as she or he can in this this event and then once they get cut i'll be back in the rv park or somewhere um so i think there's a piece of that where it's like it's manufactured drama to an extent and then there's also just like well there could be surprises yeah there could be and then like there's there's athletes that for sure show up and nobody thought they should be where they are um or put them on any ranking that that says that um Brian's pretty good, but he's, he, he does have some outliers every now and then that is just people he didn't think of um, yeah. that are just doing something that you didn't think. And then all of a sudden they're in this final heat. And, and that is where some of this starts to matter is like, those are the names that we now know. So if you're trying to grow the sport to a place where there's more notable name, you need to get those names in front of eyeballs um, where people can actually see them. And the same goes for how to support them is like, a big piece of that too. Like if they're not on the field competing, nobody's really paying no attention one knows to who they shoe, are. shoe deal they have or what, <laughs> what, what protein they take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think, you know, our, our sport is different because it's not just, it's not the hundred yard dash at the Olympics where, you know, you run, you run your prelims to get through and yeah, you get cut if you don't have the fast enough time and you don't get to play on at the, at the, you know, in the final heat, but that's because you weren't fast enough to make it. That was on one thing. We have 15 things. Mm-hmm. So I might not be good or as good as these other guys in five of them and not make the cut. But all of those other ones after that, if you would have done the get with the programming flip upside down world, I would have been great because I would have just had a bad ending and maybe I would have been, you know, towards the podium. And I, I think that that, that that those are and again i understand logistics i understand the reasons for it i understand how it how, why it's used at times or at least I, my opinions of why i think it's being put in there i just think if we are trying to grow the sport itself then you're right you need more champions than just six three guys and three girls and we have the 40th 40th 40 fittest 
men and women, people, these are our champions. And, and under the definition of our CrossFit definition of fitness, these are our people. And we end up cutting them out before they even get to do anything. Yeah. And if nothing about the main broadcast story, which, yes, I know it has to be about the race itself. I get it. But then all of the footage that can be done, whether it's, and I need to say it because if Sevon thinks that I don't want him to do the <laughs> behind the scenes, whatever, that's not the case. Who he or whoever or whatever group does it. I mean, there's a lot of uh, social media and awareness and oohs and ahs that we're allowed to give to these, I mean, 80 individuals that are seriously the tip of our spear that need to be talked about. Because, yeah. I, I mean, in our sport, there's, yeah, there's 40 that make it, but no one talks about 40. They talk about mm -hmm. 10. That's it. So I, I think if we want to grow it, don't limit our group. I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah, and I, lo I love that part. I want to uh, – well, there is a Colton Mertens documentary coming. Oh, that's right. Uh, I saw a preview <laughs> for it. So, like, I love that there's more, like, like the Road to the Games and Miles to Madison and all, all those different documentaries that CrossFit or CrossFit Broadcasting put out. Uh, those are great. I still want to see 15th through 40th athletes because, like – the Abby Domit story or the, um, or Nick Matt, I'm just reading some of the comments, Nick Matthews, um, uh, buying the scenes of him after that, uh, after the crossover event, something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand there's only so many storylines. There's only so many budgets. There's only so many things to do these documentaries. Like still, if there's somebody with a camera crew, that's following some of those athletes around before they get there at the semifinals at the games as best they can, like that would really help this out to then add to it versus where I think we get a little like uh, defensive is like, I'm only going to see this athlete 15 times, maybe, but you're selling me that I might only see them 10 times. Right. And that's the piece where it starts to get like, Hey, that's the athlete from my affiliate. That's the athlete from my hometown that I'm only going to get to see like 10 times. And then I won't be able to again, where it's like, well, I'd love to get more stories out of Savon or others that say like, okay, well, we actually know a good bit about that where we don't just have to wait once a year and hope that they're there and hope they get the show out exactly where they, where they show out. Yeah. Well, Hey, that's the conversation we circle around until we get to the games and we can have another conversation about what happens uh, when the cuts are in place with the scoring system they have and the programming that we have yet to see. Uh, but that I'm excited to see. And obviously, uh, this doesn't take away from any excitement I have about the CrossFit Games coming up. This is the favorite time every year uh, of that week in, in Madison, Wisconsin. But um, I think overall points that we have is like there's a, there's a personal feeling on certain things and there's a professional understanding on, on, the, on the flip side. I, I don't know where all you guys fall. Personally, for me, I love seeing a full field of 40. I love everybody yeah. taking the test. I enjoy that part of it because I just get to see everyone against everyone the whole weekend long because I love seeing more people doing all the stuff. On the professional objective side, if this is what's best for um, whatever situation or scenario that they are working within, fine. Just make sure the cuts are the appropriate time with the right programming to determine if this cut was appropriate when it was done. Other than that, I don't really have an opinion beyond that. Bill? Yeah, I, I know. I agree with that. I, I, I'm a fan of they all made it there. They already made their cuts. Let them all hash it out. Um, I love seeing those outliers in the first heat that somehow 
get the score that is able to hold up into the top five at the games level to where they can say as an athlete, I mean, I know we're not trying to cater to number 28 or 30, you know, whatever, but there's a lot, there's a lot of pride that goes into these athletes and something like that. So I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, we talked about where it needs to be. If you're going to have cuts there and it has to be not just thought about, but really thought about, you have to look at all the different avenues of the why you're putting it in there, when you're putting it in there, what things have you already tested to make sure that it's at the appropriate place. And me personally, if you're going to make cuts, then you better have something really fucking cool on the other end of that. Like, I want to see big toys and big equipment and crazy shit that's going to be a logistical light nightmare for 40 so that 10 people can really do some nuts, some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Give me that saying. giant rogue roller coaster. Right. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, we only got so many room. The rogue we only got five roller coaster. So we got to whittle this down. Yeah. That's funny. That would be pretty fun. That'd be a cool team event. It's like, all right, put all your teammates in there. Dump them out the other side. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. So before we close out, I think the, the biggest thing I am going to be looking at Obviously, we talked about like the right program at the right time. I think two days of programming you can done correctly, very doable. Five to six, maybe seven scores to cut 10 people. The biggest day with the most pressure is going to be day three. Can you look at whatever events, however many they're going to be and what they are on that one day of competition that is going to cut 10 more people? I guess my last question to both of you Mike, I'll start with you, is that do you think the programming prior to that cut should also be in play of judging whether the programming was appropriate for the next cut? Or should that day almost be its own isolated full test of fitness to cut another 10? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, are we going to judge 10 events or those three to four? I mean, if the first day doesn't or the first cut doesn't go well and it was just like a swim event and then well which does happen multiple years um like if you get these certain events that are just very leaning towards specialists then yeah i think it starts to then impact how you uh, sort of diagnose the rest but if you got a full test of fitness through the first three days if we're saying that then i think you can do a little bit of a reset to say okay we've whittled it down uh, we've we've taken ten people out. Now we're gonna, well, uh, 2019. Now we're gonna lift heavy. No, is what I was thinking. But um, but uh, uh, now we're gonna sort of start over, whittle it down ten more places with another day of fitness. Yeah. And, then, and I don't mean like and then resetting we're really the score. Put them through the Atlanta yeah. and all of the other yeah. crazy things on the last day. Yeah. And yeah. we have to build towards this last day where it's only twenty athletes. Mm. Yeah. See, I I think that each of those. The programming before the cut mm-hmm. has to be uh, programmed to the definition of what we're trying to look at as fitness. Yeah. So you have to be able you have to be able to hit all the things you need to hit because if you left something out and that person gets cut from that, then you you don't have the fittest going. You have someone that's okay but doesn't have this one thing. Mm-hmm. I think that that first cut it should be. I don't think there should be any specialist anything before the cuts, mm-hmm. any of it. It should be very crossfitty mm. to get through those cuts because we're trying to find the fittest athletes to get. Now, once you get your 10, if that's what they're winning, they're winning 10 to 20, right? Yes. 20, 40, 30, yeah. 20. 
once you get to your 20, okay, now you can put your specialist stuff in there if you want. Mm. But I think that, bef- but I think prior to that, your cuts have to be, and I mean, this is, this is a, it's an odd word, but pure CrossFit where mm-hmm. I think it has to, what if it's balanced? It has to be balanced. But, oh, what be- I mean, like what if it, you had a specialist event in a monostructure modality, gymnastics modality, weightlifting modality, like what well, if there I'm, was I'm, balance there too? Yeah, no, no, totally. I okay. mean, like something that's not like a, okay, who lifts the heaviest? Yeah. yeah. And, and then nothing to offset most, that. Yeah. Who's going to okay. do the most ring muscle ups with, you know, unbroken? Like uh, we're talking like outlier specialist things. Mm. If any of the, if there's a running and lifting, fine. If there's a swimming in some lifting in a swimming or in gymnastics, okay, cool. The, those things. No, granted, if you're looking at six or seven scored events before your first cut, that's going to be way easier to have a balanced test up to that cut versus one day where what you're going to have three events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Up, I mean that, which it's like, okay, you need to be very particular that you just like what you said, Chase, that is the most important day because you have the least amount of tests, least amount of events to, to cut to your final 20. Right. And it has, that has to be balanced. I think that, but the, but the, only, on that the, day, only, the only way it couldn't, the only way it wouldn't be is if each one of those three, te- three uh, events were like one off. You have pure strength, you have a pure endurance and you have a pure gymnastic. Okay. So let me fine tune the question just a little bit. Give you guys a couple minutes. The cut to 20. So say we look back at last year, right? The cut to 20 would have been. So we would have cut to 30 after bike to work, speed skill medley, Elizabeth elevated, shuttled overhead, capital up and over in echo press. You think you can cut 10 people after that, which is what we did. Yeah. Right. Okay. The next day, rinse and repeat hat trick sandbag ladder. Are you comfortable cutting 10 more of those three events? Okay, so rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Swim, ski, right? right? Interval test. It just was a skier test, really. Right. Uh, Hat trick, sprint, wall balls, and dumbbell snatches, and if you got a no rep or not. And then a sandbag. And then you have your strength event. And then a strength event. Now, granted, I, I, Actually, what I'm short. saying is like, are you going to add the other events to the judgment of that last 20 cut or okay. are you looking at only that day? Does that last day need to be balanced on its own or is it okay to look at the back seven or eight events to say is like, yeah, I know this day was a little bit not the best isolated test to cut 10 more people, but you guys already did all these other things. So your points are allocated there. Or are you going to look at that day and be like, uh, this day alone. This day alone also has to be judged as its own balanced, isolated test of fitness to cut 10 more people. Or are you going to add the other events to the totality of your No, well, you would add, you would add to the totality. It would factor in. Because everybody already did those first six events. I I agree, but I'm just saying it's like, you know, how would you look at it? Does it have to be the perfect three to four event test to cut 10 four by itself? Or is it okay to look at what we've already done? It ha- you have to fill in the gaps for what you've already done. I mean, they're already filling in the gaps. I'm just saying how you know, people would perceive the programming, right? right, right. No, 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 totally. And, and I, you have and- to have, you got I mean, historically Saturday, and that's been true the last, well, minus 2020 for a lot of reasons, but mm-hmm. 
like it's the max lift event. Right. Like, or it was a clean ladder a couple years ago. So and like, having a max lift event there is great. One. So like adding then a swim on, on the front end of the day and then putting a, a CrossFit event between it to look at last year, then I don't think tr- you uh, don't really get it. So a... that's, that's factoring into my, uh, my yeah. answer to your question. Okay. So what I look at, like, I look at an interval test. Going, like, I look at specialist interval tests. I look at a specialist interval test and I look at a specialist strength test, not even a specialist strength test. That was more of just right. But like, I look at two interval tests and a, a sandbag lift on the third day and how my feeling would be about that being the cut programming for that day. Yeah, I, I, think I think you'd, I think you'd have to look back at what, what you've yeah. done to see if it was right. appropriate. Yeah. Cause if I looked at that day alone, I'm like, that wasn't good enough. Right. Yeah. You're saying, does that have to be a microcosm? That yeah, exactly. Does just, does that just have to be a mini test? Did I find the 10 more best or mm-hmm. the, did I like cross off 10 people off the list of like, nope, they're not. If, if we, not if we look at the, if we looked at the cut, that was the most talked about cut with the sprint mm-hmm. before we got into mm-hmm. all the lifting and all the, as Pat said, all the CrossFit stuff. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to do any CrossFit <laughs> stuff. Um, if you were to look at that cut, you'd have to look at all the things prior to that cut to see, okay, well, is it appropriate? Not that it's after a sprint, but what were all the things that were done prior to the sprint? So if you look at the totality of all of the events before that, did you have an appropriate test up to that point in which you could start cutting people out? Uh, so I think what with your with what you're saying, Chase, is I think both of them are important. I'll I'll I will actually circle back around to make more sense of of what your question was. The first part is important because you only you're right. You only have three ta- three uh, events to add to that ta- to add to the other mm-hmm. uh, events to continue on to your only your twenty that are moving on. So it's that first six have to be important so you get the mass majority. The 10 that you cut out plus the ones that are moving forward. Then you take your next three events, whatever that is, what it would be, which would be whatever holes you're going to plug in. It's still important. Right. So, I mean, you can't, they can't just be blown off events, but does it add to the other six that you had? Do you look at them isolated in in programming bubbles? Yeah. I I, I would say I'd, I'd, I'd join them together. Okay. Yeah. Well, Just in a question. 2019, they are at? basically isolated. Yeah. And it's like cut, 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 like, cut, cut. There's a cut event. after yeah. every single one of them. Right. So like if you just cut down to 40 from those first two days, because there was no way they were going to do 150 whatever athletes. Mm. Like if you just cut down to 40 and then did all of the rest of the tests, I think 2019, well, it would obviously be a lot different. But I think a lot of our feelings now about cuts would be a lot different as well. And I think it was Hiller or somebody that, that said it is like just – do the same thing every year. Like, don't do the same events, no, unknown and unknowable as far as the events go, but just say, like, on Friday, we're going to do this. On Saturday, we're going to do this. And that then creates a sport piece of it that is just not just a month before, but years before, you know, okay, well, I know going in that if I'm going to go to the CrossFit Games and I'm going to compete there, it's going to be 40, 30, 20. The scoring system is going to work like this. Mm. And then mm-hmm. they're going to then be able to cut down to these. And that then is sort of goes both ways that the programming is then not just, well, do we have some cool programming that can only be 10 people? No, it's like, no, we're going to program for 40, 30 and 20. Yeah. And then you're building that, that I think then does help answer your, your question a little bit better is there is events built for 40. There's events built for 30 and 20. 
which hopefully is true this year and, and, and did look to be true what we went through all the data over the last hour and 40 minutes here is, is that it's still found the same people, but there's a lot of questions of like, well, if they do a max lift event and they do a swim event on the weekend, then are we left with like a lot of unknowns mm-hmm. of like, well, is it just the guy that can lift the biggest bag and the guy that <laughs> is it just Roman basically? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they can do all of those things on the weekend. Yeah. All right. Food for thought. Excited to see what happens. Phew. Uh, all right, Mike, thanks for all that stuff, man. Thanks for giving us something to talk sure. about. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as well. That was uh, super fun. Glad we got to, you know, the what if theory. Right. I always love speculation. <laughs> You're just keeping the Marvel thing going. Exactly. Like, uh, it's a exactly. great show. Yeah, yeah. I even did the <laughs> the title the same way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang. Thank you guys for joining us on a Thursday back-to-back days this week, which is super fun. Don't forget to go check out the OGCulture.com. We are games. The standard is the standard. Shirts are available for pre-sale the 13th, which is today on Thursday through the 17th next week, and then they will be gone forever just like the tie-dye OG shirts that people keep asking us for. You should have got them when you had the chance. <laughs> should have got them when you had the chance. All right, Bill, Mike, thank you so much. You guys have a great weekend. See you next week. You too. See Bye, you guys. Guys.